0: a god of the game well 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 what a spectacular week of football we had fa cup finals fans back in the stadium la liga yet undecided you were clinching a thriller against the champions but to top it all a goalkeeper scoring an injury time winner (laughs) football eh where do we begin, Ishan? Where do we begin? Goes to show how seven days can change all narration in football. What happened over the last seven days between our last recording and this recording—the kind of things that has happened—and the entire narration, the entire, the entire forecast has changed. Guys, before we start, uh, this is—we are recording this on uh, 18th May. It's Tuesday morning, and uh, we are recording from Mumbai. So those who are listening. Uh, who live on the west coast or southwest coast of India. We hope you're all safe. We are in the middle of a devastating cyclone. Uh, as of today, I think it has crossed Bombay. It is uh, it's, it's reaching or it has touched Gujarat. So we wish everyone uh, to be safe and uh, secure and, uh, you know, just, just, just stay inside and uh, be safe. Okay, let's get with our football. So, and as usual, we'll start with uh, we'll start in Spain where the title race is going to the last game. Both the Madrid teams are determined not to let this go. By the way, Barcelona have helped us by pushing themselves out of the race. They themselves have said that so don't talk about us, just talk about only those Madrid teams. We are out. Credit to both Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. Real Madrid. Overcame a tough away fixture against Bilbao and Atletico came back and defeated Osasuna 2 1. So, Ishan, just sum up the emotions, sum up what happened.
1: Uh, just to add to what you said about Barcelona, Barcelona basically said, We're to focus next season. we don't focus on tension. Nahi humko. And you called it actually last week when you said Celta Vigo has always been on a banana skin for Barcelona. And it turned out to be they didn't need too much hard work. Uh, but the Madrid Madrid teams, right, like, till the 80th, 85th minute, I thought, wow, this could be a miracle. We might actually end up winning the league out of nowhere. Like, throughout the season, it's either been Atletico favourites or Barcelona favourites. It's never been us. And with our injuries and all, nobody even put us in the, in the frame of winning the league. And somehow, you know, Zidane has worked his magic and we were still up there. And then... The, as irony would have it in football Luis Suarez had to come up clutch <laughs> and score the winning goal for it has to be him winning goal for Atletico Madrid and it just it just deflated me but you know we were never supposed to win this league So it's only going to happen if Atletico screw up again but it's so exciting like the it was both the games were great games like there was so much tension there was so much to be lost. And that's what we'll both of us love about football, right? That pressure. And so I think Atletico obviously are favourites. They are playing Valladolid in the last game of the league uh, of the season. And what will make it interesting is Valladolid are fighting for relegation, so they will give it their all. So it'll be very interesting. Real Madrid are playing Villarreal at home. Villarreal are just that week are going to be playing the Europa Cup final with United. So I'm pretty sure, and they have nothing to play for. So pretty sure they'll play a second string. So I don't think we should, Madrid should have any problems. But we'll just have to get the result and hope Atletico screws up again.
0: There is this four-minute uh, footage of Simeone's touchline reaction on YouTube. <laughs> I'll probably share the link. Oh my God, this man has... I thought he's going to have a heart attack, dude. Somewhere in the middle, he's going to have a heart attack. He's going to punch the referee or some punch someone in the face. Oh, he was he was a ball. This is our dog going crazy all around the place. Oh, it was just a sight to see. It was, as you pointed out, it was a great game. I mean, both the games were really good. Madrid, again, being extremely solid. Uh, and one thing that Madrid was able to do, I mean, when I say Madrid, I mean Real Madrid was able to do throughout the season is, somehow, somewhere, they were able to find goal scorers from any point in the pitch. Like... It was Nacho Fernandez who scored the goal. It wasn't your Benzema. It wasn't your Cruz or Modric or Casemiro. It was Nacho who scored the goal. So this is something Real has done it throughout this season. Uh, I don't know the exact stat, but they have like this, some around 15 or 16 goal scorers, different sco- goal scorers across the season. Someone from somewhere has stepped up and and scored the goals for them. So that's good on them. As you said, uh, with, with that many injury problems, with that many issues in and around the squad. I saw the news that Cruz has uh, tested positive. So, highly likely he won't be...
1: No, Cruz has... Sorry, to correct that, Cruz has not tested positive. He's come in contact with someone who tested positive. Oh,
0: okay. Okay, sorry. So, which means I believe he'll be under isolation for... I don't know, whether yeah. he's going to play the next but game. But he'll on. be
1: ready for the final game. Okay, he'll okay. be there.
0: Okay, that's good. The point is they played with Academy KD. Gutierrez. Miguel
1: Gutiérrez. He's the next star, man. He's so good. Like I think Marcelo, this, I think his entry ends Marcelo's time with us because you know he's so good with the ball, very solid defensively. He's put in great crosses. Uh in the last game against Granada, he had an amazing assist in the game as well, where he, you know, I think he assisted Benzema to score. The future looks bright, but a lot of changes are going to happen. Obviously, rumours are swirling that it's going to be Zidane's last game with us. But with Zidane going, how many of our veteran players will also go? How How many of them can we afford to let go? All of those dynamics will come into play. So I think this final game of the season will also be a really a farewell game for a lot of our legends. So it'll be very emotional to watch. Even though we don't win the league, I think if Zidane leaves, he'll have his hold his head up high because he's done the unthinkable. Nobody could have put Madrid at second one game 90 minutes away from winning the league. So, it's going to be a successful season either way.
0: Definitely, definitely. No doubt about that. Just a quick word on uh, Atletico. They were uh, 1-0 down. In fact, two of their goals uh, were turned down. Rightly so. Both were offsides. Both were uh, not valid goals. But they came back. One brilliant goal from Renan Lodi It was a great cross. He controlled the ball and finished it well. And the second goal, uh, it was it has to be Suarez who had to finish that. A great move. He found space in the box and he finished it. And the celebrations after the goal said it all. How it meant uh, to Atletico and its players and to Simeone. You think well.
1: that celebration was more to Barcelona than the actual emotion of scoring <laughs> the goal that might win Atletico? the league. I don't know, man.
0: It's just it's just Suarez being Suarez. He loves scoring goals. He loves winning games. So. It was just him being, uh, his instincts, him being himself. So, anyways, I was happy to see him. Uh, He has been a great player. He's a great goal scorer. So, it was good that he scored the goal. Yeah. So, yeah, La Liga going down to the last game, uh, which is going to happen this weekend. So, Real Madrid uh, are playing uh, Villarreal. I'm I'm guessing they'll play, as you said, I'm guessing they'll play a second-string, third-string Villarreal team. And uh, Atletico Madrid are playing Valladolid. Uh, The game's on 22nd May, Saturday, 9.30pm IST. So watch out for this guys. Both the games happening at the same time. So we will know who's going to lift the La Liga title after these two games.
1: I'm actually hoping for an
0: Aguero moment. Somewhere. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that would be... Or or a Godin moment. Yeah, or a Godin moment. So, last week, seven days before, during our last episode, we were waxing lyricals about to hell how, how he has done really well this season, how he has brought this Chelsea team uh, to this level after taking it over from Frank Lampard. And then he goes and loses two games, one nil to Arsenal in the league and one nil to Leicester in the FA Cup finals. From a position where Chelsea could win, could have won two uh, cups, finish in top four, they are now uh, they are now in danger of not winning anything and also in danger of not finishing in top four. What has gone wrong?
1: Nazer lag <laughs> bro. Unko nazer lag But no, to be honest, I think they really screwed up the FA Cup final. I understand partially how the Arsenal game went. Minds, Their focus was towards the FA Cup, but then they lost the FA Cup, so I don't know what the hell went wrong. But if you look at the FA Cup final, which I saw, obviously big shout-out to Leicester City. What a brilliant goal by Telemans, a screamer. And I think FA Cup finals and scre- long-range screamers are uh, go hand-in-hand hand, AK, uh, Gerard, <laughs> But c- Chelsea had nothing in that game. They didn't, like, there were two insane saves by Kasper Schmeichel, uh, one from Mason Mount, I think the other from uh, a defender, I'm not sure who it was, but two uh, Ben Chilwell, ex-Leicester City player. Great saves, but other than that, you know, Kante had a really poor game, Giorgino was found out, the, the Chelsea's forward line, I don't know, they don't exist So what we've always seen throughout this season, ever since Tuchel Tuchel has taken over, is that they struggle to score goals. They have a lot of opportunities, but they don't convert them. They've been solid in defence, but more often than not now, they've been found out in that department, right? Because, you know, even if you score one goal against Chelsea, because they lack bite in their forward line, you, you are pretty confident that you can defend it. And I think that will be the approach City will have as well they will look to score that one quick goal and then just keep the pressure because they know that chelsea will struggle to score they will have probably have opportunities but will struggle to score but i think my question to you is that if say they don't end up winning any trophy and not making the top 4 what does that mean for tuchel
0: very interesting actually i thought about it but see even anyways he is given he's been given only 18 months of contract and I saw a news that they are going to renew his contract or extend his contract. But I think it's on hold after the FA Cup result. So probably they'll wait till the Champions League finals or at least top four finish before taking the call. But yeah, knowing Roman Abramovich, I, I believe he'll give him uh, the first half of next season. Considering the fact that he only came during the, during the midway. So uh, they'll probably give him one, uh, one transfer window. Uh, get his players, get, or, or 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 sell players that he doesn't want to refresh the squad. Probably give half a season and see how it goes, and then take a call. But going back to his decisions, especially the starting lineup, I was a little surprised to surprised not to see Chilwell on the starting lineup. Agree, there's a decency bias. Alonso did score that winning goal against Manchester City, and Chilwell. We I mean we don't know. Maybe Tuchel is uh, saving Chilwell for the bigger games, for the much more important games. But FA Cup Finals is an important game. So I was a little surprised to see Alonso starting ahead of Chilwell. Point number one. Point number two is Reese James was playing in defence with Aspliqueta in front of him. That was a little strange. I I don't know. Why would someone do that? Uh, So, a lot of bizarre decisions from Tuchel. But entire credit to Leicester for winning winning the cup. Uh, they made no mistakes. It was a great game, and it was really really wonderful to see crowds celebrating. The way the Leicester City fans celebrated that VAR, uh, that VAR yeah. decision to turn that goal offside. Wow! It felt like it's a goal, and it was really good to see. Like it was a, it added to the spectacle uh, to watch. Yeah, it actually, win. that
1: was the drama VAR that we all thought would happen when VAR was launched. Unfortunately, we've had it all the wrong way. We've more more often than not been frustrated with VAR. But I think this was that moment, you know, where you have a buzzer beater and the decision goes against the person who scored it. So I think it was dramatic. It was a proper FA Cup final. It was also very, very warm to see how the president of Leicester City was called out to lift the trophy. And just the reaction of the players, you know, greeting him, hugging him, etc. I think, like, Leicester City have become, like, almost envious. Like, big clubs, I think, envy how the emotions go through the Leicester City club, their community, etc. It's, it's beautiful to watch. And also, I want to say that it was not an upset. True. I agree. Leicester City are no longer that team that, you know, if they beat a big club, it's an upset. They have been, they've been a solid team ever since they won the league. Uh, they They're going to be in Europe next year. I think it was a big big shout out to Leicester City and whoever if any fa- any listeners are here who are Leicester City fans congratulations.
0: Yeah, rounded up pretty well and it was as you said it was pretty warming very heartwarming to see uh, the owners reaction and the players reaction to how the owners lifted the cup. So congratulations Leicester City. Now uh, talking about lack of goal scoring options how about A goalkeeper scoring a winning goal. (laughs) Man, that, I have no words. That is,
1: that is Liverpool (laughs) football, man. That is just incredible. Alisson coming up clutch. What a beautiful header. That was a proper header. It was not a fluky goalkeeper goal in the 95th minute. It was a proper header. And the emotion he showed after, you know, after losing his father this year, uh, dedicating the goal. And you could see it. And I think that's, That's what sets him apart, I feel, with a lot of the other goalkeepers. He has that passion. He's brilliant as well as a goalkeeper. And, you know, he's there when his team needs it. And it was a great, what a game. It probably saved Liverpool's season. It's given them a real chance, as you said, because of Chelsea screwing up, to make it in the Champions League, get it into, just sneak into the top four. It's still going to be tough. It's still not done yet. They're still behind, two points behind Chelsea. They've done what they can. They've done it. and. Thank, all thank, all. credit goes to Alison. What a moment that was. I still can't get over it. And I had not seen the game. I just saw, seen your WhatsApp saying wow, Alison. I said, probably must be a good, <laughs> a spectacular save or something. And then I saw the uh, highlights on Hotstar and I couldn't believe it. It was great. I wish fans were there though. Like imagine like a you know, stadium full of fans and that moment, it would just be another level. Yeah, it would have
0: been brilliant. But Coming back to the performance, that goal actually kind of papered over all the bad things that happened for Liverpool in the game. They, were, they weren't good, they weren't great at all. If this is how they're going to play against Burnley and against Crystal Palace in the next two games, it'll be really tough for them to qualify for the Champions League. But credit to them, they got the result that they wanted, which is very important, the three points. Uh they are one point behind Chelsea as it stands and they are three point and they are three points behind Leicester. And Leicester and Chelsea are playing tonight, which is probably the most crunch game of this of this season. Uh but irrespective of what happens in that game, if Liverpool go on to win their next next two games, there is they, they will they will get through unless unless Leicester loses today's game and they go and defeat Tottenham 4-0, 5-0 or something like that. Otherwise, Liverpool should go through if they win the next two games. So, crunch game tonight.
1: It's funny. It's uh, What a season this has been for both La Liga and Premier League where every week, every podcast, we've been saying this is the week <laughs> which will decide everything. We've been saying it for three weeks now. Yeah. And we are still going on to the last day of the season without a lot of things being decided. So, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, this season has been spectacular. The only thing that's been missing this season was the fans. Apart from that, this season had everything, all drama, everything. This was brilliant. Just to go back one game before, which happened on the Wednesday night, Liverpool came to this game, came to this West Brom game after defeating Manchester United 4-2 in the previous game, where the fans again tried to uh tried to protest and tried to ca- uh, uh postpone or cancel the game but uh liverpool took inspiration from the oceans 11 and money Haze <laughs> and sent sent a decoy bus to distract the fans and the bus that the fans blocked and punctured was a decoy bus and liverpool took some other bus in some other route and reached the stadium so <laughs> that was that was actually fun to see i think that was
1: probably the least talked about United-Liverpool game we've had in years. That's true. It was probably, like I don't know, it was an important game for Liverpool. But, you know, what we've been talking about, shall we should not probably ignore what's happening to United. They've been slipping up pretty badly in the last couple of games as well. Yes, they've been benching most of their big players. They have nothing to play for. But still, you know, you expect a little better in a United versus Liverpool game. And I think you called it. You said they'll still, you know, shuffle up. Uh, against Liverpool, and they did, and it didn't work out. Uh, it was it was not a very good game, high scoring, but it was a good, not a very good game to watch.
0: I mean, also it showed United's defensive problems without Harry Maguire. Yes. Now, after seeing the way they defended against Liverpool, the the I mean, we'll we'll do a separate uh, preview of Europa League later, but just to give one quick point that the chances of Villarreal winning is increasing. Day by day, it's it's getting e- it's getting more even, but it all depends on uh, how fit Harry Maguire will be for the finals.
1: Villarreal, by the way, thrashed Sevilla.
0: Yeah, four nil. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they completely dismantled Sevilla. Baka,
0: the ex-Sevilla players scored a hat
1: trick. If you had any doubt that Unai Emery can bury his ex-team and do what he did in a final, which he did with his ex-team, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: it's there. We'll see. Europa League could be interesting. Now talking about interesting fixtures, we had a very dramatic game in Syria. Very important game for U. A. but not for Inter Milan. It was the Derby de Italia. It was U. A. versus Inter Milan. We all know Inter Milan has won the championship. They are the champions. So it was it, it wasn't that important in the in, in, in context of the league for them. But UVA versus Inter is always a big game. And especially with Conte going back to UV, it, it means a lot more. It wasn't Ronaldo, it wasn't Lukaku who took the center stage. It was the referee who took the center stage yeah. in the game.
1: My one word summary for that game is called it's called a robbery. <laughs> yeah. There was it was so fishy that last penalty. It was like, you know, those obvious snowballs you have in cricket where you, you feel like it fixed lagra muje and i think that's what this felt like uh it was just i don't know something felt off because when you see the replays you can see quadadro really wanted to fall down yeah put his leg in the place in the right place which would make it look like that he was tripped but then when you look at vr it's very obvious and the results the you know the decision went still went against inter milan and i was very perplexed by it but yeah the juventus got the result Inter Milan don't particularly care. Conte would probably be subliminally happy. Usne thoda apne ex-team. Ko thoda bachaaya. I mean, really shady. I
0: mean, the game ended 3-2. Uwe uh, took the lead. So it was 1-0 Uwe, then 1-1. Then 2-1 Juve, then 2-2. Then, then, then finally Uwe defeated. Uwe won 3-2. A lot of, as you said, a lot of contentious decisions. There were three penalties. One, the final one uh, looked dodgy. I mean, I wasn't sure when I saw it. I as you pointed out, uh, it didn't feel like an obvious penalty. The Chiellini's own goal, there was a red card in the game. And that was a stupid red card, actually. The second yellow was... Bentoncourt. Bentoncourt's second yellow was really stupid. I mean, it was a foul, but it wasn't a yellow. Pirlo took Ronaldo off after 70th minute. When they were when the game was too old, he took Ronaldo off. A lot of strange decisions, but... At some level, I credit Pierlo for, uh, uh, for all the criticism he has been getting that he is not tactically astute. He made some good changes. His, uh, his team selection was better. Dilit had a brilliant game. I mean, this was the Dilit of Ajax. And this is the first time I am seeing Dilit playing for Uwe the way he played with Ajax. It was really good to see him uh, playing at that level, in that form. So, good on
1: him. I think Dilit. the thing is, what I think we we didn't have a podcast when the Dilit transfer saga happened. And when he moved to Juventus, I was convinced he made the wrong decision. He chose the wrong club. And I ever since that transfer, I barely have heard the name Dilitt. You know, and that's sad because of the, the talent that he has. Going to say a Barcelona would have probably had him more in the limelight. Could have probably made a difference for Barcelona as well. Uh, having a dilate in defence. But I, I don't know. I don't see uh, Juventus' long-term future for him. But you know it was good that he finally had that game of which showed his potential, as you rightly said, uh, in this game. But all to play for, again, going down to the last couple of games of the season in uh, Serie a, what do you think was going to happen?
0: I don't know. My gut says Napoli are going to screw up because Napoli is screwing up And Juventus getting advantage of it is not something new in Syria. So, just to round that point off, Atlanta have qualified again for the third consecutive season. Amazing. Amazing. They were were 4-1 up. Uh, The game went to 4-3. But they finally crossed the line. They were able to qualify. Also very
1: important. Third season in a row with 100 plus goals incredible
0: yeah this is they they are a great team to watch I mean if if you are listeners if you don't follow uh Syria if you are interested in following Syria because it is on TV it comes on 10 Sports if you want if you if you're looking for a team to follow if you're looking for a team to watch you would strongly uh, recommend Atlanta because they're just a wonderful team to watch they are a very attacking team very young team I mean not exactly a young team young in terms of not very experienced but the manager is Is really good. It's a great team to watch. So they have qualified. Milan slipped. They drew against Cagliari. So they are still not mathematically qualified. Napoli won their crucial crunch game against Fiorentina 2 0. So they are. So as it stands right now, Inter Champions Atlanta threw with 78 points. Milan 76, Napoli 76, and Juventus 75. Now, Juventus need to win their final game. A draw won't help because like uh, La Liga, uh, Serie a also follows head-to-head first and then goal difference. So, Juve are actually behind in head-to-head against Milan and Napoli. So, Juve need a win and they need Napoli or Milan to slip up. Now, just to rem- remind you guys, Milan is playing Atalanta in the final game.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, it this could have been a potential uh, nutbreaker for both the teams, but since Atlanta are through, I'm not sure how they are going to play this game. But Milan has everything to play for. So it's again yet another league with crunch final day games. So really looking forward to some great action. Dortmund have finally qualified for Champions League. In fact, Bundesliga's top four is done. So Bayern winners. Leipzig second Dortmund and Wolfsburg or Wolfsburg and Dortmund I don't remember but the point is these four teams have guaranteed qualified which means Haaland could stay with Dortmund for one more season it's highly possible and the news are coming out that Jadon Sancho is pretty much uh, leaving so it will be interesting to see Haaland in in next season's champions league again with dortmund and lewandowski scored his 40th goal uh, equal the record of gerd muller so there is one more game to play so i mean pretty sure he's going to score that one extra goal the entire
1: it was a great moment in that game yeah. where after he scored the bayern team paused and actually gave him a uh, you know clapped for him applauded him uh, for that achievement, because it's incredible. I think we said this in the last episode. He's not even played the full set of games this season. And he scored this this many amount. Like he, It's just ridiculous this season. I mean, what a player, what a player. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Great, great to see him score that goal. And yeah, as you said, they gave that guard of honour to him. It was really heartwarming to see the entire team uh, appreciating him for that achievement. So Bundesliga's race is done. Uh, We also had a cup game in the midweek. Dortmund defeated Leipzig in the DFB Pokal finals. In fact, defeat was an understatement. They thrashed them 4-1. Sancho, I think, scored two goals. Haaland, I think, scored a couple of goals. Uh, Sancho putting his best performance towards the end of the season. Just to make sure that he gets a good deal wherever he goes next season. And also, <laughs> he is a great player. With Euros coming up, you never know what's going to happen. We'll see.
1: But what I'm very happy about is that this is the first time a Euros is coming up and England have not had a player who's broken his ankle yet.
0: Well, we we do have a couple of major injuries for England. I mean, Jordan Henderson is still injured. Harry Maguire, almost injured. But
1: Harry Maguire is, will make the Euros. Mm. Uh, Jordan Henderson, I don't know anymore if he's that bigger a miss, but you know we're used to David Beckham, Wayne Rooney. Yeah, we're not making it for Euros because of some ankle injury. So let's hope fingers crossed, because this I feel is England's chance with the squad they have. We'll have another probably episode, but just segueing into Euros about the Euros when it comes. But yeah,
0: yeah, we'll do a proper <clears throat> Euro preview uh, once Champions League and everything is done. The drama of the league is not done yet because there is still one league which is again going to the last game of the season to decide their winner, which is League A, the French league, where Lille drew their game, drew their penultimate game against Saint-Étienne. So, they are one point behind uh, uh, PSG. So, they are, Lille, Lille uh, uh, is on top with 80 points, PSG second with 79 points so the last game again le'll need to win or at least match psg's uh result so again that is one another uh, league that is going down to the wire if psg loses it's going to be a big big setback for them we will see a lot of changes there's already been reports coming out that mbappe will leave this summer neymar has uh, renewed his contract i even saw the news that draxler has renewed his contract yeah so It looks like Mbappe is going to leave and I saw some news that PSG are in touch with Lewandowski also. But yeah, Bayern have come out and said categorically that Lewandowski is not going anywhere.
1: I think it was interesting. Uh, Mbappe last week drew a lot of flack for his comment that he made where he said that uh, Lille have not won the league, PSG have lost it. (laughs) There's a lot of truth in that statement because if PSG played like they're supposed to play even above average, there's no chance Lille would have been in the run for it. But meaning he drew a lot of criticism for undermining the effort Lille made, which is fair in a way. But I get I understand what Mbappe was trying to say. A uh, lot of things are taken out of contact. But yeah, it was an interesting twist where you know PSG are being these sore losers if they don't end up winning the league.
0: Uh, even the top four race. I mean, not top four because in in Liga, it's it's not the top four that go into Champions League. It's the top two and the third team will get into the Champions League qualification, and the fourth team will get into Europa League. So right now, as it stands, Monaco is on third with seventy seven points, and Lyon is on fourth with seventy six points. So there is a interesting tight little race going on there also. Monaco, if you guys uh, remember Niko Kovac. Uh, The ex-Bayern Munich coach. He's the coach of Monaco right now. Lyon is being coached by, uh, I think, coached by Rudy Garcia if I'm not wrong. Uh, They still have Memphis Depay who has announced that he's going to leave and there have been reports coming in that he's in talks with Barcelona. So, yeah, a lot to look forward again uh, for the last game of the season. That move to
1: Barcelona, by the way, won't happen if Kuman is fired.
0: Which is also correct. Which is also true. So we are done with all the major discussions across all the five leagues, the cup games, and everything. So we are going to introduce this new section from now on, guys. Because there are so many things happening in football, we thought we can't cover everything in detail. So we'll have this short and a quick section. As it stands, we are going to call it Speed Point and this is nothing but quick headlines we are not going to spend too much time on these headlines so let's go straight away to start with a news that literally melted my heart it was so heartwarming to see the ajax football team after winning their uh, after winning their eredivisie league they melted their shield and made 40,000 stars and gave it to each of their season ticket holders. I mean, this news literally melted my heart. But that is Ajax,
1: man. They are the they're the good good guys of football. You know, they are the halo around the entire footballing universe. There, meaning it was amazing. They they what they do for their fans and for also for the entire Dutch division is great. I mean, they are a beacon of positivity and obviously what a great it's one of the most successful clubs in Europe as well so they're not chindi teams doing heartwarming things they're a big club doing heartwarming things which is a huge difference
0: yeah and congratulations to Ajax and their fans for winning the league and hope they continue to produce exciting talent for us to watch
1: Talking about... so that we can buy
0: <laughs> that's true Ajax are the main feeder club for all the big clubs in and across yeah. Europe. Talking about winning leagues, Rangers, Steven Gerard Gerrard Rangers have won the Scottish Premier League. I mean, they won it a while ago, but the league ended with them not losing a single game. 32 wins, 6 draws, 102 points. They scored 92 goals. They conceded only 13. Great win. Uh, it was a great way to end Celtic's reign up top. Great win for Gerard and
1: Bala. Is it a direct qualification for Rangers to the Champions League, or do they have to go through a qualify uh, playoff?
0: They have to go through playoffs. They have to go through playoffs.
1: Okay, it'll be very interesting to see Rangers back in uh, Champions League potentially, and Gerard no. obviously. Uh, yeah, he what a It's been a great season. Obviously, Scottish League is not as competitive as it used to be as well. Celtic have fallen off the cliff in terms of their squad strength, etc. But Congratulations to Rangers for, you know, they're the new invincibles.
0: Uh, Talking about player leaving and joining clubs, we have one absolute legend of the game. Gigi Buffon have decided to leave UA at the end of the season. He is what, 42, 43? I'm not wrong.
1: He was born in 1942. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to play until... He fought the war. He won the war. I mean, what a legend of the game. He, in fact, like after he announced a uh, UA played a game and he, he saved a penalty, if I'm not wrong.
1: Uh, yes, he saved a pen. Very important, crucial penalty.
0: Now, talking about legends of the club leaving, I saw the news today morning that Harry Kane apparently have told Spurs that he wants to leave this summer. So where do you think what will be his next destination?
1: I, in fact, was watching the, uh, you know, Julian Lerons and Gab Marcotti talk about it this morning, especially, and, you know, they put in a very nice, interesting twist. Like, you know, Daniel Levy is the chairman of Tottenham. He's not going to be making it easy for anyone to buy Harry Kane. So there could be a likelihood that Harry Kane goes nowhere. Where, how would Harry Kane then handle that situation? He said an interesting option, which I agree with, which would be pretty interesting, would be to Kane to join PSG. There is Mbappe leaving, there is Pochettino there, who has literally brought Kane to being a superstar in his days at Tottenham. It could be an interesting move. If reality has to be thought of, there meaning they're looking at 150 million, that's not going to happen. In COVID times, you're not going to pay 150 million when you're probably getting Haaland for 70. If he moves to a Premier League, I see him going to City, where I see that's the most ideal fit for him. But again, City probably won the double without having a striker. So do they need to spend so many pounds or euros to get another a striker? I don't know. So it's going to be very tricky Uh, especially in these times for Kane to get what he wants. But I think it'll be almost like a messy situation, right? Where he's either put the gun to Levy's head that, you know, I need the squad improved so that it challenges for something next season or I'm leaving or he's leaving no matter what. Yeah. So we don't know
0: that. Tottenham have a lot of important decisions to make this summer. First of all, they need to decide their new manager or new coach. And uh, this little this little problem of Kane wanting to leave, as you pointed out, yeah. PSG. I never saw PSG in the race. Wherever I saw, it was either City, uh, United, uh, or even or even I saw Chelsea for that matter.
1: Chelsea is not going to happen. Chelsea is never going to happen because he has his loyalties to Tottenham. He won't go to a London club. Very difficult for you know that to happen unless Chelsea comes up with the highest bid and then Levy says you're going there. But I don't see Kane wanting to go to Chelsea at all in the Premier League. City have the best chance uh, of getting him. That's where the fit is. United might will probably go for Haaland first. If that doesn't work out, they'll play more for the backup, which is a very strange. That's how United roll in the transfers. Pay more for the second the second choice. But yeah, PSG is a very interesting perspective. I can see it working if he wants to move out of England, but why would he? He has a chance to beat Shearer's record.
0: Yeah, that is one thing that, that could that could make him stay in EPN because he has this great chance of being the best striker in the Premier League. He could
1: he should go back to Leicester City, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. True. All right, sporting Lisbon won their won the Portuguese Premier League after 19 years. The last time they won the Portuguese Premier League. I think Cristiano Ronaldo was one of their squad players back in 2002. Congratulations to them. Wow. Uh, a league that has been heavily uh dominated by Benfica and Porto. It was really good to see Sporting Lisbon going back to the glory days and it is it's it's a brilliant club I and mean, they have produced some exciting talents in if I'm not wrong they produced two of the three best ever Portuguese footballers which is Figo and, and Cristiano Ronaldo. So Good on and also let's
1: not forget last year they had a last year last year before last they had a almost like a riot where the fans attacked the players yeah there was a proper revolt in sporting Lisbon where the players said we don't want to play for the club and you know it was a it was chaos yeah and from that to now winning the league big ups to the entire squad and the entire team yeah.
0: it was it was during the end of 2017-18 season uh, just to let our listeners know what happened so Uh, Sporting Lisbon failed to qualify for the Champions League in the last day of that season, 2017-18 season. Now, that uh, kind of irked the fans of what do we call the ultras, the ultras group. So, what they did the next day or the day after, they stormed the training pitch when the players were actually uh, in training. They went and physically attacked all the players, all the Portuguese players, sorry, all the Sporting Lisbon players were, were really devastated, were frustrated. Because this was conspired to be created by their their then president, who made uh, who kind of opened the doors for these ultras to go and attack the players. Many of the Sporting Lisbon players uh, tore their contracts; they moved to other clubs. So from there to where they are right now, with a coach who is just thirty six years old. So congratulations to them! Uh, great win, good to see them. We'll see them in the next next year's Champions League also. Now, when the Barcelona men's team is busy embarrassing their club, their women's team went and won the Champions League two days back. It was a brilliant win. They defeated Chelsea 4 0 in the finals. It was kind of uh, a replay of what happened two years back, where Barcelona women lost to Lyon. They lost, I mean, they, they considered four goals within like 30 minutes. The same thing that happened this time when Barcelona scored four goals against Chelsea. Great win for Barcelona. They have been absolutely dominating the the, the the La Liga women where they played 26 games, won all 26 games, scored 128 goals in that 26 games <laughs> and considered only five goals. They, if you talk about domination, I mean, there is no other way to dominate a league like this.
1: And also this this is... Uh, just to add, uh, this is the first time a uh, club has won the Champions League for both men and women.
0: Oh, yeah, true. Correct, correct.
1: Yeah. Big ups to Barcelona. Obviously, they are, without a doubt, in the at least in the last couple of seasons, the best mm-hmm. women's team in Europe. I think immediately after they won the Champions League, we saw Leon sign one of the up-and-coming rising stars from the US national team uh, from Man City uh, to bolster up their squad. So, it'll be interesting... It's been a great season in the uh, women's La Liga. It's been the debut season for the Real Madrid women's team as well. They were the la- almost the last team to join. They've been doing decently well.
0: They finished second.
1: Yeah, they but yeah, they're still not in the league of uh, Barcelona. They got thrashed in those matches. But I'm it's really good football. I saw the highlights of the women's uh, the finals other than the domination of the uh, of the Barcelona uh, team it was beautiful football to watch great passing the actual la masia passing that we are used to from the men's team is now happening through the women's team and that's great
0: yeah it was really good to see and and this is not a this is not a dutch chelsea team also this chelsea team is is the women's uh, super league champions in england they were in line to win the quadruple but unfortunately they couldn't do
1: to be fair to them the first goal they conceded was a was was yeah. a matka like a, deflect. a clearance hit a defender and went into the goal. And that was in the third minute. I think it was downhill from there. Yeah,
0: It was, yeah, it was a very unfortunate goal to concede. But yeah, uh, congratulations to Chelsea women's team also, uh, especially to their manager. I mean, one of my most favorite women's manager across uh, the world. I mean, she's brilliant. I mean, if you guys have a chance, go and read about Emma Hayes. Amazing character, great coach. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he coaches him, if she coaches a men's team at some point of time in her career. She's brilliant. Yeah. To round off, we'll round off with the Turkish league where Besiktas won the Turkish Super League by a one goal difference. By one goal difference. I mean, things can't get so close ever. They finally won the Turkish Super League with one goal difference. So congratulations to Besiktas. They defeated, I mean, Galatasaray finished second. So, again, they will be in the Champions League next season. That's it for today, guys. We aren't going to have our Who Am I section only for this week. So, please excuse us for this.
1: Today, we've actually spoken a lot of a lot of things we've discussed and I think it's going to be tough for everyone to digest all the things we vomited out. But that's the nature of football in the last couple of weeks. It's been so action-packed, so much drama. and. Uh, It's only going to last probably till the end of this month because that's when the season ends for everything. So then we'll have to probably think about other things to talk about.
0: As I said during the beginning of the episode, we wish you all good health and safety during these tough times. Take care and have a great week. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Take care. If you like what you heard, please share it with your fellow sports podcast listeners. We are live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other major podcasting platforms. We'll leave the links in the description. And also, a big shout out to the Jam Room Audio for our theme music. You can follow Jam Room Audio on Facebook, at the rate, the Jam Room Audio. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.